0: Sorry for the begin- the intro beginning. <laughs> I don't know if I just didn't push the stupid button or if uh, it jammed up or something. I've been having one of those days with my computer for like a month now. So I don't know what, what, what's bothering it or, or whatever. It's been Murphy's Law every time. Huh, Jared Murphy's on the night. Yeah, it's been Murphy's Law every time I've, I've even gotten near my computer. I think it hates me this month. Anyway, welcome, welcome. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. Let me adjust my head here. And I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means we can get to you no matter where you're at. It may take us a while. California is a big state, but we will get to you. I swear. Had a great thing this afternoon on the phone. Um, We helped a client in Pennsylvania today. Over the phone, and uh, it turned out really great. And hopefully, our help, you know, um, will will aid her in what's going on with with, with her home. And uh, yeah, I'm always available, guys. Always, always. Anyhow, um, Jerry's going to be about five or ten minutes late, so we can sit here and jaw a little bit. Just jaw, jaw, jaw. Uh, upcoming for California Haunts Radio: Got excitement coming. Got excitement coming. We're going to be at Disneyland. I'm going to go out live. I've set it up, you guys, um, YouTube Live for everybody that comes to watch the show live here, because I know a lot of you don't have TikTok accounts. So I'm going to be going out YouTube YouTube Live for those shows. Okay? And you'll know ahead of time when we're going to do it. I'm going to be there four days, so I'm going to have two days over at uh, over at DCA campus, and then I'm going to have two days at, at, at the Disneyland Park itself. So, you guys will uh, get to join us, and I'll even show you the hotel and stuff, because we're going to be staying at the Grand Californian. So It's going to be exciting stuff. I'm going to be doing that. I'm also going to be doing stuff on YouTube as well, so I'm going to be splitting the time between you all. So, I've been going through real fast rehearsals here with my camera, you know, with my cell phone and my mics, and all this other stuff that I have to do, because YouTube's a totally different animal, you know, broadcasting with YouTube, so I've had instead of just going straight out my cell phone or doing it like this obviously I can't carry this mic around with me. I've been uh, using a portable mic in my phone and, next, and we've got extra power for the phone so I won't so it won't die and I've got a small little se- a different kind of selfie light for those things especially if I'm out at night at Disneyland you know that kind of thing but uh, I'm gonna take you on the rides with me so we're gonna have we're gonna have fun. we're going to the happiest place on earth and we're gonna have some fun those four days. Anyway, uh, tonight my guest is Jared Murphy. He's been here before. He's, he is the gentleman who believes that aliens did not aid in building the pyramids, pyramids or anything, that it was us that, that did it. And so he's been out doing some more explorations and stuff. And so he's coming on in a few minutes to update us on those explorations that he's been doing. So let me get my spiel about the pages. If you are listening tonight and you like what you hear, please be sure to follow me either on Facebook Cause you can follow my page on Facebook or California haunts ghostly events on Facebook. You can follow me over there and be sure to hit the button for the like or whatever. So we can get those, you know, the more likes the merrier. So just let me know you like me, right? You really like me. All right. And over on YouTube, same thing. Um, essentially, um, I believe and people are going to correct me if I'm pointing in the wrong direction. You know, I'm trying to hit it right there. It should be that little ghost with the, uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes hat on and the magnifying glass of the town and that's our mascot and if you click on that a red button will come up to say subscribe and if you haven't done that already be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel there are over 490 videos over there not all paranormal they vary in topic so I think you'll find something that you like there's a little something for everybody hello Pamela. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram and I am ghosty gal over on Instagram it's all lowercase And you can follow us on TikTok. We are California Haunts on TikTok. And that's all lowercase. And if you like Twitter, which Twitter is an interesting place right now, to say the least. If you're into Twitter, then we're over at Twitter and we are under Cal Haunts on Twitter. So I think I covered all the places. Yeah. I get confused because there's so many of them, right? God, there's there's so many. And if you're interested in our YouTube site and you haven't been there yet, that's YouTube.com forward slash Ampersand, which is the at California Haunts Radio. So you can find us that way as well. Anyhow, since we're killing some time. Killing time. Yeah. Since we're killing some time. Been an interesting week all the way around. We lost Lisa Marie Presley this week. Uh, You know, we lost quite a few few that we've lost. And it's going to be interesting to see if anybody tries to attempt to contact them from beyond. I won't do that stuff, but there's always people out there, paranormal people, paranormal investigators, so-called paranormal, that will do that right away with with uh, with movie stars and stuff. So it should be interesting to see if anything comes of that. Um, anyhow, uh, I want to thank you all again. You know, you guys have been backing us three years, three, uh, three years. We're going on, you know, this is three, year number three, that you guys have come here every night without fail. My diehards. Every night without fail. And I, I thank you so much for this. I thank you. And for the RSS feed folks that keep listening to us, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I just so appreciate it. And for anybody new coming in, thank you. I really appreciate y'all coming in, right? Tonight we're going to talk about something. Tonight we're going to be talking about what Jared calls not aliens. You know, I tend to believe that, that got my. everybody has their own beliefs about this stuff, and I tend to believe that aliens did, in fact, help build the pyramids because i don't i just can't fathom in, in my little pea brain how those how those big stones got up there right i just i just don't know you know i mean i could see you know i can understand the whole slave thing when they had the slaves out and they, they were hauling those things up i mean but that would have taken hundreds of years to do i mean you're just not going to build build these things overnight right i mean it's, like i said my, my my little brain the little hamster in my brain just goes Round, round, and round, and round. Hi, Becky, how you doing? A little hamster in my brain just goes round and round and round and round when I think about this stuff because I just don't fathom it, not, you know, ancient society not having help for that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? So it boggles my mind with Jared, you know, with with with, what Jared believes. But I'm always open minded. I mean, that's what I do. It's my job to be open minded with this show. And so that's what I do. And A lot of what he says, okay. A lot of what he says makes a lot of sense too. So I'm just checking emails, make sure. And so you know, I I can't argue with it, right? I mean, how? I mean, we would have to take a time machine literally to go back to the ancient times to see how they did stuff, how they built Stonehenge, you know, how how they lifted those big stones. So I mean, that's the only way we're we're going to be able to tell for sure. I mean, it's all speculation, right? It's like ghost hunting. It's like ghost hunting, right? There's no experts in the, in, the, in the paranormal field. We're all guessing, just like anybody else. If anybody says they're an expert, they're an idiot. Okay? Because there's no experts in this field. So, I mean, I'm not saying that the, the anthropologists and archaeologists aren't experts. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it's speculation. I mean, how many times you know over our lifespans have we had a fact thrown at us that, that, that we take for granted, and then Twenty thirty, you know, 15, 20 years later, the fact has changed, right? And then the next thing you know, here's a new theory that comes out. That's because we're just, you know, speculating based on the evidence, the current evidence that, that that's in front of us. That's what we do. Just like eggs. Eggs are bad. Eggs are good. Eggs are bad. You know, the whole cholesterol thing, we, everybody went through. Cholesterol is bad. Cholesterol is good. Cholesterol won't hurt you. Blah, blah, blah. And we all went through that, you know, and we've all been through it. Where they'll say something's bad, and then it turns out not to be bad, and then maybe ten years later it's bad again, right? So I mean, it's it's all based on whatever evidence we have in front of us at that time. What you know, whatever conjecture we can make, what what theory we can make at that time, and um, that that's what I think history is like that too. It's ever changing because they're finding out. The more the technology comes out, the more they're gonna. The, you know, the more the technology advances, the more they're going to find out about the stuff that, that, that we thought was so different. Right. OK. Tell me if you agree. You guys are in the chat room. Tell me if you agree with that. I mean, it might be one of my my blown out kind of, you know, kind of th- things that I that I think about when I have my very deep thoughts at night. Right. I'm sitting here doing nothing. And I have these deep thoughts. But um, that that's how I feel. And that's why. Who am I to say that his theories are wrong and mine are right or vice versa? Who's he to say my theories are wrong and his are right? You can't do that because it's 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 all theory. That's what it's a theory. It's conjecture. Conjecture. God, I got the word right. Big words. Don't like big words. All right. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I'm open to everybody. I'm open to everything. I'm open. I'm open to the flat earth guys. I'm open. let see. I don't. I see. I gotta read it. I gotta lean forward, guys. I'm blind. Right. Pamela's right. She doesn't really know what to believe. I agree with that because things, it changes so rapidly. It's like, it's like your neck's on a swivel. You know, you're like, whoa, whoa I thought that was like that. Then it's over here. Something different completely. So, yeah, so it's hard, you know. So, you have to take what you have. I think, I think you can take the, the what you have right in front of you at that time and then go with it. And then, just keep just keep an open mind that it could change. That's how I see it. That's how I see it. That's how I see things. Just like with ghost hunting. You know, with all the technology we have, ghost hunting, you know, we still don't have any solid. There's not. I mean, there's there's evidence, but there's no solid evidence, none. Even though there is evidence, we get excited over it. Oh, there's an apparition. Okay, there's an apparition. But have we talked to this apparition, or, or have we talked to somebody else that's going to tell us? You know what's going on with this apparition? We don't know. We, we don't know why is why is this apparition here? You know, all we can do is 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 have thoughts about that, and 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 maybe we're right, maybe we're wrong. You know, when we're truly going to know is when we when it's our time to go. That's when we're going to find out. That's how it boils down, right? I mean, that's the only way we're going to know. I'm just looking at this. Okay. Um. <laughs> remember, I'm going to as soon as Jared comes on, I'm going to enlarge the chat so I can see the chat. But right now, I'm just chatting away here, just chatting away. Um. Let's get back to Disney a little bit here for my my, my, my little trip to Disney. I'm handicapped, and I, I fully admit I'm handicapped. So you're going to get a different view too when you're there when I'm there is because I'm going to be on a scooter. So it's going to be interesting for those of you out there that might have um, disabilities for this trip, because you'll get to see what happens when you have a disability at Disney. You know, especially if you're on a, mo- a motorized scooter. It's my first time. The last time I went, I had a disability pass, but I was still walking. But this time there's no way. <laughs> my, my, my legs are shot. So, I mean, I can stand up and walk short distances, but beyond that, not going to happen. So, I'm on a motorized scooter this trip. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And I'm going to have a I'm going to have a a uh, I'm going to have a, a halter on, which will allow me to drive hands free and stuff. So, um, you guys are you know you guys are going to have a choice when I'm there because I'll, I'll either, I can either put a headset on for the phone, have the phone up on this headset, or it'll be you know r- right on my chest. Which means, depending how tall I am in the chair, you might get a view of people's butts as as, as I'm driving. So that'll be up to you. You can either go on the heads and see their back, or you know, get a view of their butts. And I'll also wear the halter on the ride. And then for everybody on TikTok, I just over the weekend I discovered the whole picture-in-picture thing that they offer. I didn't know my cell phone did this. So when I'm on the rides, like like the roller coasters, like say the Matterhorn, right? I can have a camera pointing forward and I can have a camera and, and then the other camera point pointing back at my face. So you get the full experience. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. So I'm looking forward to that too. And what I'll do with those is if I do, if I do do any of those, I'll pull them off. I'll, oh, Jared's here. I'll pull them off a of TikTok, and I'll, um, I'll, I'll post them on, on YouTube for you guys to see. Right. All right. So Jared's here. So let's get this show on the road as they say. See what's up with you with our good friend Jared Murphy.
1: Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up? I am so sorry for being late to everyone. I have um uh, made a big move. I'm now based out of Utah and wow. am not currently able to just do a normal show. So I had to uh I am using the good old fashioned government for a studio space i.e. a meeting room at a library
0: (laughs) well that works
1: um it's been a big move a lot to talk to you about thanks so much for having me on
0: absolutely well let's get started buddy see what's happening with you
1: well so i didn't make december for christmas but um why not start the new year with that ever pending book release my new book in color uh uh, revision of It's Not Aliens, Worse, It's Us, Discovering our Lost History. That, um, it looks like I have a meeting Friday and a uh, final kind of go over with the uh, final copy on uh, the following week. So it looks like this is the year that everyone will be able to get a new copy, uh, hard copy or paperback. And it will be followed up with an audio version. So that's happening. That's one thing. And then there's even bigger news. If you're up for bigger news.
0: I'm up for bigger news. (laughs)
1: Um, So then the other thing coming up is I have the opportunity to go look for Terra Preta on a uh, 7,000 plus acre uh, parcel of essentially unexplored uh, Belizean, uh, right in the heart of Mayan country land that may or may not have some pyramids on it. And I will be down there doing field work and filming uh i uh this uh april and uh folks, we have not discussed this, but of course, I was gonna talk to you offline, but I will tell you right now, of course you are invited on air
0: right on all right
1: so how's How that for news is that? yeah, it's um pretty exciting because the uh the land is um got pottery shards everywhere there is uh one of the mini crystal skulls was found within 10 miles of this location and this location is between many many other pyramid sites and as people know from the guatemalan lidar scans there are tens and tens of thousands of buildings and what's interesting about belize is that it's very close uh, you know from belize which you know we think countries like Uh, Guatemala and Belize. So those are separate places, but not in the Mayan timeframe. It would have been a very, very good point if you were shipping from the Atlantic or from the Pacific, if you wanted to quickly move to either coast, um, this specific location where we are, um, there's a very, uh, very, very, very good indicators that there could be many, many different interesting things for us to find along with some electromagnetic testing, Uh, Some of the, uh, you know, there's been people that have been there, uh, the owners have experienced, like, really weird reverberating sounds that are coming from the ground and, you know, are these uh, ruins that, you know, could date to 3000 plus years, that's just the Mayans. Mm -hmm. And if they built on top of these more ancient things that you and I have talked about over the Mm last, you know, it could be. There could be all sorts of energy anomalies, you know, things that dip into what people would consider the paranormal. But the reality is that we could be, um, we're going to be droning, doing lidar work. <laughs> there's, a, excuse me, there's a lot coming up.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yeah. How do you,
0: how do you prepare for something like that?
1: <laughs> That's a great question because, um, Belize is also known for having bullet ants, which are called bullet <laughs> ants because apparently it's for those unlucky enough to have been shot and bit by a bullet ant, that's how they got their name. Apparently, it's worse than being shot. It's the worst thing to be bit by in well, except for anything that kills you. Uh, it's the worst thing to be bit by <laughs> on the planet. And there's pit vipers, and there's also brown recluse spiders and 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 uh, and black widows.
0: Wow! Nope, <laughs> no, no <place>, thanks. Pass.
1: <laughs> now, 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 we're not going to just be now for everyone. Just in case you wouldn't join for California Haunts, <coughs> sure brought some water. Um, I, I do think I'm going to need to. You're going to need to talk for me for a minute while I. You're going to need to mute me because I'm going to have a coffee and fit. Okay. Or okay. grab some water.
0: <laughs> that was, that was, pit my vipers. <laughs> I want to do a place like that. That's like Australia. I <laughs> would love to go to Australia. No, absolutely not. Don't like that stuff. Don't want to deal with it. I don't desire, even though we have black widows and sometimes brown, <laughs> brown <laughs> here. No, no. And rattlesnakes, right? I live in suburbia. There's no rattlesnakes where I'm at. Thank God. So I don't do, I, I don't do like, I don't do like venomous animals. Well, Nope. not going to happen. You know, what I think about the ants, and I'm going to pull this joke, but since he's up, First thing I think about the ants is Indiana Jones, right? When Indiana, <laughs> when I forget which one the Crystal Skulls, or whichever movie it was with Indiana Jones, when when um, they set stuff down and the ants just come over everything, you know, or whoever's standing there and the ants are clawing, crawling all over them. That's what I think when, when he talks about these, like, these bullet ants. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. No, no, no. I think years ago I would have wanted to do what he does, you know, uh, do anthropology or archaeology and go out to these places. But no. Not my gig. Not my gig. Okay. Don't like wild things. <laughs> I was just telling them that I was gonna make a joke after you mentioned the bullet ants. It reminds me of Indiana Jones, man. You know what those those red ants or whatever they were in the one movie? They set the <laughs> hats down, they they're all over them and oh yikes. No. no
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, like the uh you know, when they were joking about the tarantulas on the you know, he had a couple on his back and that poor little assistant at the beginning of the first one had like, you know, 15 tarantulas. And, you know, we're not just randomly going into the jungle. I mean, the paths will be cleared. You know, we'll have um, some. But one of the one of the pyramids we're looking at, uh, it's the reason we say that is there is, you know, mountain ranges that are known. And then there's this anomalous hill. And by hill, it's about a thousand feet. and there's no natural anomaly for that. It makes no sense uh, other than that. It is artificial Uh, could be anything, but we're going to go look. And what we're really looking for is this is uh, as you know, some people, some listeners may have heard or not. I do field work and the issue is to show up and test our theories Some are electromagnetic. uh, Terra Preta, this ancient engineered soil that's made by man. The Mayans and the Aztecs and assorted other South and Central American uh, tribes and peoples and cultures, they adapted an ancient engineered soil that was already there that filtered heavy metals and filtered carbon dioxide and mysteriously self-replicates. It has electromagnetic properties. And it's all over the earth. It's not just Central and South America. And They've identified terra preta specifically that's in Brazil. They've identified it in <clears throat> um, uh, Liberia, uh, quite a bit of North Africa, South Africa, in the savannas where I was looking at the stone circles. So we're going to be testing for, you know, what kind of voltage, We're you know, we're going to use our primitive 10, 15% brain and our technology and where we're at now, and we're going to sort out. Uh, some of those basic questions, you know, do some LIDAR work and try to map out like 7,000 acres to give people an idea. When you're building a county, and I know right as I was having my fit, you were talking about where you live. In a county, there are sections and sections are made up of acres. And for those of you who aren't into real estate, this this is a lesson 101 is that in a section, there's 640 acres. So there's 7,000 acres and wow. you are well on your way to basically half of a county. And so, oh, there is, a, there is some development, but, you know, to get to some of the things that we're going to be experimenting with mm-hmm. could be a two kilometer walk that we have to cut a path for. There's one when you say, how do you prepare? It's like, well, you know, do we have safe camping or where do we stay? How do we off road? Um, do we have any doctors or paramedics coming? I mean, there's a lot of different ways that we can prepare now that people didn't prepare then. Like, do we have Starlink? You know, Starlink is, I wish was a sponsor, but you know, do we have, uh, do we need a satellite phone or can we use a local cellular system? Uh, how far away are we from hospitals? Uh, there's a lot of logistics, uh, field, field prep that doesn't just involve, uh, who's cooking for us. You know, how do you, how do you get meals? How do you get water? There's a, lot, there's a lot of places we could digress to, but the exciting stuff is, you know, we got people coming, you know, we have very interesting researchers coming, we're filming the whole thing. Uh, of course, uh, that'll be put into a documentary. And then um, <clears throat> I'm excited to find pyramids, but what we're looking for specifically, and I've talked about it on the show, is large megalithic blocks that were probably there prior to the Mayans And what they did was they incorporated those megalithic blocks. And there's, for all those listening, you can do it now or do it later. But if you Google Belize, there's lots of known ruins that you can go visit. And some have very small stackable blocks. And, you know, they clearly cut them dynastically. You know, the last 3,000 years, they were like, oh, hey, we found this giant old building that's destroyed. Let's mimic it. Let's build something like it. And in some cases, uh, which you can see in Mexico and other ruins like The Inca, they found these giant megalithic, very well cut precision blocks and they couldn't copy that, but they would build and add rubble on top and try to make it look, uh, you know, more complete, but very much you could see, you know, it's like, it's basically like trying to stick mud on a cell phone. I mean, the technology difference of what they were doing is just so different. So we're looking for those big megalithic blocks. We're looking for, is this location because there is terra preta there optimistically are we going to find megalithic platforms are we going to find a uh, large megalithic adapted mayan <clears throat> you know maybe they took a megalithic block and carved a face on it but then we'll know that the foundational and structural things that i'm looking for the seismic metamaterials the things that would be remnants of a much older society that may be much more advanced those remnants will be there but what about all the paranormal stuff, the weird sounds, <clears throat> the haunted islands that are nearby that are right, you know, we're right on the ocean. We have a we have an underwater group coming that are going to be diving and looking for ruins underwater that maybe nobody's seen. So there's there's a lot going on.
0: How would you get the funding for all this?
1: You do it yourself. Wow. <laughs> and thanks for opening that up notaliens.com that's my website now i've been trying to get that thing revamped but the members area has a lot of exclusive content uh it's got some great photos of egypt that no one else has um there's some good stuff on it and it is being rebuilt and from a donation standpoint and supporting the channel and these this trip uh pretty much 100% would go to it so if you'd like to go to notaliens.com and if you would like to get a membership, there's like a $7 monthly one. There's a $35, $39 one for the year. Uh, that would be greatly helpful. It would 100% go towards the project. So, But otherwise, uh, we do have a couple people interested in sponsoring us. Um, but everyone is coming down on their own dollar. <laughs> that's how that's going.
0: Wow. I want to ask you about the LiDAR. What type of LiDAR uh, system are you going to be <clears> using? Because <throat> I've seen the guys walk around with those big, you know, those big poles sticking out with the light, you know, with the, with the LIDAR readers. And there's like three guys that that, that they're walking, you know, they're walking around holding it steady.
1: Yeah. So there's, um, the ground LIDAR and then there's uh drone LIDAR and, uh, the way it looks, it looks like we're leaning towards having both. Mm -hmm. So we, we'd likely have both.
0: That's incredible.
1: That would be a thing. You
0: guys need to film this. You need somebody to go with you. not you or somebody.
1: So everyone listening, of course, Look who just thought of that. Maybe, maybe I need someone who's really good at filming things and doing production because maybe <laughs> we should package this. And maybe we should be talking off air about that. What do you think? This is
0: true. This is true. Yeah. Maybe we should talk. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you just nailed all the points that I haven't been able to catch up with you with in the last three weeks. See? I'm
0: good. This, at what is, I
1: do. this is way more what you were thinking, not thinking, right?
0: This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and
1: and we have unfettered access, uh, and I really hope that that relationship continues. I have a meeting next week. Uh, I've had three meetings with one of the landowners. I have another meeting, and we uh, <clears throat> we're working out the details. And there are some lovely places if you don't want to rough rough it. Uh, there are some lovely places nearby to stay. Um, Belize is apparently. I've now heard this from different people multiple times that apparently it is the best place. Uh, to I'm not I'm personally not going for this but for those right. that don't know I have found out that other than the Great Barrier Reef of Australia there is no of all the places on earth apparently Belize has the best scuba diving or the I snorkeling so see. if you're into snorkeling apparently Belize is just unbelievable so
0: absolutely incredible
1: <clears throat> yeah um so are you interested in coming now
0: we'll talk we'll talk well someone's i i just don't do venomous snakes you know i just
1: (laughs) you know what's important is that you just watch where you step um i i you know it's uh funny because i've filmed with rex from leak project and we recently just did a short just just short fun thing from moab and we were at the upheaval dome which is a couple hours from there but you know that that has some weird anomalous activity, and we've been—I've been working on some other documentaries. That's also taken up some time, so it's not like I haven't overloaded the schedule. But um, the reason I was bringing it up is because there was a couple people that have been visiting and doing work in Arizona, and they said, "Did you know of the thirty-something varieties of rattlesnakes? Arizona is the only state to have every." variety of rattlesnake. Wow. And I'm like, one more reason I don't want to live here. And <laughs> <clears throat> I'm not saying that it's not very pleasant. I've been going to Tucson quite a bit. Uh, Jim Goodall, the SR-71 Blackbird right. world expert. Yeah, with 29 books. He and I do a show every Thursday on my channel on Not Aliens. And we just... Um, you know it's fun when you have someone who's written so many books and so smart and so fun, and we've gotten to be pretty good friends. And uh, he's come here to Minnesota, and you know his family's here, and we've we've gone there and stayed with him, and and it's, it's just a very lovely wife and family, and it's been it's been great over the last um, year. A lot of different changes. How about you? I, I mean, let me take over your show. How 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 are you doing?
0: I'm okay. Our numbers are really going through the roof with the show, and uh, that's where my focus is. I'm doing TikTok, hey. I'm doing all that stuff, and, and and yeah, it's just busy, busy, busy.
1: Oh my gosh, you're on TikTok? I i doing i, I are, you, are, you doing, are you? doing dances and stuff? Sometimes. <laughs> all right. Um. Thanks get, get for the, listening, everyone. Stuff,
0: no matter what it takes, right?
1: Hey, um, <laughs> I think it's phenomenal. It's been fun. I think even from early on, when you and I. How long, have we been do- how long have we been doing how long we been doing this now A couple of
0: years couple of years can you, now
1: Can you believe it
0: Almost 3 years I think yeah
1: Well congratulations I'm so happy that you're uh, that everyone's still interested in uh, growing uh, it sounds like people are telling friends to tell friends to listen to the show yeah. that sounds it, awesome
0: It's just it's a, every, every month it's more and more and more so it's nice Really nice. Well,
1: <clears throat> I'm looking, I love having a regular schedule. It is very hard for me. So I really do appreciate you, uh, uh, you know, doing some juggling for me to get on late. And then on top of it, I had a water with me and I didn't bring it in. And I'm like, okay, well, great. Now I'm coughing my way through a, a show late on top of everything else. This is great.
0: So now, with you being, now with you being in Utah, I mean, Utah has got some really cool stuff too that you can be looking into, right? Yep.
1: Yeah, so that's why I went down to Moab. And there are the, uh, and a lot of people will recall that if you ever watch Ancient Aliens or there's a lot of other shows, there's a ton of very, very alien looking uh, glyphs that are in different areas that are considered indigenous or um, really, really early um, petroglyphs. There's just uh, also dinosaurs. Uh, Mining, (laughs) there's a lot of anomalies like the upheaval dome. Uh, Some people, there's an expert that considers it maybe interplanetary lightning or maybe it was just a meteor. But either way, the upheaval dome is uh, very, very fascinating. The alien um, glyphs are very odd. And there are just other indicators, you know, besides, you know, the Salt Lake there are just a lot of um, geological anomalies at how many echoing um, geological, f- are we looking at disasters from the Younger Dryas? Are we looking at, uh, yeah, just hundreds of millions of like this as well, this, we're at the edge of the great swamp of the Jurassic period. You know, what What are we looking at here? And the state is filled with quite a bit of that. And it's it's quite fascinating. It, it's just really becoming a base of operation because if I'm in Belize or somewhere around the world, the reality is that there will be more and more field research, you know, when my when the new version of It's Not Aliens comes out and I know they're scalping it online. For those of you listening, you can go look up my book right now and there's people out there try, for months that have been trying to sell it for 170 to $230, $300 and it's crazy. Um, don't do that, wait for the color book and pay a lot less. (laughs) Wait for the new one. But when that gets out, I'm doing, um, uh, you know, there's immediate follow-ups and breakdowns because the book is really vast because it has to cover uh, the, it's the overall skeleton of how is it that all these pieces that are factual about whether it's paranormal or, uh, you know, remote viewing and and the consciousness side of our beings How does that look against uh, our, uh, you know, what we think is natural versus a biotechnical, safe-moded, you know, is a lot of what we consider nature actually biotechnology that is from a more connected society that used this ancient terra preta that connected to these megalithic buildings, that connected to, you know, biological, what we consider biological systems or innate systems? And how does... All of it, you know. How do you explain that to everyone? Uh, vibrational energy and consciousness. So there's a lot of different fields, and you know the what I originally set out. It's like, okay, well, we can talk about this all in one book, and that's really a hard thing to do. So there'll be some follow-ups and breakdowns. There's a documentary I've been working on, also, um, especially for you know dovetailing in this this ex, this exploration is the start. It's just the beginning of many more expeditions. I hope we can. Uh, uh, for those of you out there, if you have a LiDAR drone, feel free to get a hold of me. You know, we are we have a couple of resources for that. Uh, I have uh, Dennis Stone from America's Stonehenge. Uh-huh. Uh, looks like I'm not going to talk about everyone who's coming, but I don't think Dennis sure. is going to hate me t- saying this. But uh, Dennis Stone is coming. There are some really great researchers that have committed to coming when the details are all nailed down. And we're going to put some shovels in the ground. We're hopefully going to find a pyramid that no one's ever found before. Uh, we're going to look for Terra Prada. Uh, we're going to look for basically everything that we need to do to get it going. Uh, we're going to do.
0: Cool, cool, cool. Now, for the people that haven't seen you before on the show, tell you know, let's, let's explain to everybody. You have a theory about how the pyramids were built. What is yeah,
1: theory? so I started, um, I have a lot of interests, but the... Um, I have a historical remodeling for 25 years now in my background. And, um, originally I was going to, you know, very, you know, deep interest in our origins, our history, the who, what, where, when, and why race Catholic. There's a lot of reasons I'm into this physically and uh, metaphysically and, and into the history, but a couple of days into my research, which turned into a three and a half year book project was me, uh, hearing about an archeologist that was taking a man to go see where, The character Brad Pitt played, Colonel Percy Fawcett, disappeared, and he found Terra Prada. Uh, This archaeologist said, "Yeah, we don't know what it is. Uh, Soil scientists have looked at it for 100 years. We don't know how to make it. It's all over the earth." Well, let's go to the last village before Colonel Percy Fawcett disappeared. I'm like, time out. Uh, There's an engineered soil. It it filters heavy metals and does all the things we've just discussed. But then, I believe it connects to the buildings, to these megalithic buildings that. Uh, Right away, they're like, well, this is where these polygonal walls and constructions, they seem to all work with earthquakes, they seem to cancel them. And then they started making models, and they started doing some testing, there's been some great European research on it. And Mm -hmm. it's all, it's clear that there was a society, pre-Younger Dryas, maybe Mm -hmm. past the Younger Dryas, like during the last dynastic, uh, up to the what we call the biblical flood or the Younger Mm Dryas. And what, you know, people are interested prior to that, that there's a society um, that was able to measure energies and technologies and build things like pyramids to maybe work to keep lava flows or uh, maybe volcanoes from erupting. Maybe they were able to not just create a technology that was using low base frequencies for energy and communication and a connected network through these different various soils. Mm -hmm. Uh, It occurred to me that when you build a foundation of these megalithic structures, they would be made out of different, what we now know, we now call seismic metamaterials. So these could be crystallines, uh, they could be artificial man-made giant, uh, they could be nano structures. they could be giant, you know, they could be shaped like different, uh, almost like those capsella or those like connect magnet toys a lot of people use now, uh, kids Mm -hmm. use to build buildings. So seismic metamaterials are used in modern skyscraper construction, they're used in San Francisco, they're used in Tokyo, they're used anywhere that there's earthquakes because you don't want your skyscraper to become a giant danger noodle. Mm -hmm. So they don't just build a solid foundation, they incorporate springs and pads. And for all these couple hundred years that we've been digging up Tutankhamen and, uh, you know, going into Menkare and the Great Pyramid, you know, the three big pyramids. One of the things that, uh, of course, people are fascinated by, and I was too with Indiana Jones, it's like, I want to find the golden monkey. And, you know, I want to find, you know, the the golden mummies and everything. And then uh, it finally hit me that the one thing that no one really cares about is the actual foundations of the constructions. Uh And the foundations are not just directly under the outside walls, as in our buildings. I think a society that can move a 1,000-ton block, not just over a great distance, but up and down mountains, uh, hundreds of tons, and can shape it to be no-mortared, work with earthquakes and energies. This is a society that can move billions and billions of tons of sand or crush things and create... Um, seismic uh, stabilities within locations and I think over great distances. And so my core research is on finding locations where we have megalithic constructions that are clearly from not the Mayans, not the Aztecs, not the Egyptians, not the Greeks uh, mm-hmm. that go further back and to 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 look and see what are the layers, not just under the, blocks themselves which are clearly stable after thousands of years despite no maintenance and many earthquakes and not functioning the way they were but i have a feeling that based on like my documentary terracore on youtube you can watch it on not aliens uh terracore the documentary it's only 38 minutes but it explains that if we i think do the core sampling we're going to have uh, indicators that they were managing the layers of soil the layers of sand, the layers of we might find that the foundation is 20 feet thick or 30 feet thick, not a foot, like in a modern construction, a foot and a half for a modern home. Uh, we could find that they maybe crushed a granite and brought it from the Great Lakes, or you know, just like they were moving stones from miles or hundreds of miles away. Mm-hmm. They may have been, they may have been layering and pounding and compacting. And not just doing it to make a building not move, but they might have been doing it with technologies that we would only know if we were mindful enough to consider the density of the foundations, the complexity of the material in it, and whether or not any of it's on top of it. I mean, the real home run is if any of it's man-made, and that's not very sexy compared to finding a mummy, is it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. And, you know, the other question I have with this too is if they were doing all this, by hand, or how, however they were doing. It. How long would it take them to build something like that?
1: Well, isn't that the fascinating question? I mean, it's um, there's all these theories about um, you know the Chicago World Fair couldn't have been built in the time frame it was built. You know, a lot of the some of that all got uh, connected to Tartaria and. Uh, You know, I've worked in historical remodeling and looked at what guys have done, you know, 160 years ago. And if you want to know how fast humans can work, just look how fast they took down the great redwoods and the sequoias. Mm -hmm. Um, Look at how fast we deforested this country in 100 years. You know, it's incredible uh, what humanity did to, uh, and it's not, this is not a big thing about all you climate people sit down. I'm not, that's not where I'm going. But I think when you're dealing with a society that's moving, you know, 700, 800, 1,000 ton blocks. And again, it's not, I I just don't think people understand the logistics of cutting something like that, Mm -hmm. uh, shaping it and moving it is so beyond our capacity to understand Mm -hmm. that the equipment they must've been using, the sizes of it, I, I think their ability to build and do construction was incredible. And, and if anything says anything, I would say, look at the temple of Jupiter in Baalbek, Lebanon, uh, look at Olyante Tambo and Sokse Woman as, uh, examples. And then I want everyone to think about, uh, more recently, the empire state building in New York. I got really fascinated with the history. Um, Originally from Minnesota, and when I said historical remodeling, one of the buildings I used to work in was, if you ever see a picture of the Twin Cities of St. Paul, there's a number one. It's the first national bank building in downtown St. Paul. And it was built at the identical time of the Empire State Building. And both were competing for uh, granite and marble from Minnesota, at from Cold Spring, which is a very big, very famous building. Uh, stone supplier and so right there in minnesota you have two skyscrapers going up uh, both wanting uh, the same stone which is an interesting side note for anyone who's into our american architecture and skyscrapers but for those that don't know they put up and, I, and and for those of you who have seen the empire state building this would be a good time to google it too um or internet search it if you're not supporting that platform so they built a floor a month. They finished the Empire State Building in thirteen months for those of that that don't know. Wow. Now, if you yeah can you I mean just get your head around, like my primitive brain immediately goes, tall, big building, that's impressive. No, ornate, mm-hmm. detailed stonework, interior, you know Af- you know like yeah, the first national Bank, but, you know African mahogany, uh, cherubs everywhere. Giant marble statues, uh, incredible, incredible, incredible work. They finished it in 13 months. What could a society do that can move 1,000 ton blocks that they cut and shape and measure? I don't think we remotely have an idea Mm -hmm. how fast and how quickly they could build anything. It's, it's, right?
0: It boggles the mind. It, just, it, it,
1: it really does, and you know what's so funny? I was just talking about this with Michael from uh, Michael Roser. Okay, so uh, Michael, who does Dark Hour Paranormal, um, he and I are the co-conspirators for this thing, and um, you know, it's it's it is it's so what what I think people might not want to hear, and that might be on maybe they're not on the edge of their seats or their 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 imaginations peaked. One of the things that I think is uh, so kind of daunting a little bit is that although we have a lot of specific theories about, I do, about I th- how the foundations were built and constructed, I think one of the things that's really fascinating is that we're going to go on this expedition with these very set ideas like, okay, urban planning, we can sort that out. Or uh, perhaps maybe doing uh you know, fine. We're within 10 miles, by the way. This site is within 10 miles of one of the crystal skulls being found. Mm-hmm. And one of the real ones. And also crystal jaguars and uh, a few other things. But I think we're going to end up with more questions. The more the more we figure out and peel back the layers of our superhuman abilities, like the things that Wim Hof taught me on Treasure Island in San Francisco. I was one of the first hundred-something people that ever met him in America and when the first time he ever came to teach. And I think that those superhuman abilities, as we connect them back to just not knowing our lineal history, knowing the technologies that are there, I, I think we all have our hunches. I think California haunts radio, you know, the paranormal, the, the, there's just no way there's a, a, a that there's not a connection between all faiths, all um, human consciousness. There there has to be an underlying system that we were once all connected with and a part of, and it's broken. And, and I think what's going to be really frustrating for everyone or hopefully more exciting and enrolling is that we don't not only have all the answers, but I think we're going to end up with more questions than answers. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, um, I think institutions um, that have kind of blocked the the truth and have really hindered research. Uh, classic institutions that have really tried to control a very archaic, primitive, very very sad narrative. I think they should embrace that if they can be the institution that comes up with more questions and answers. That would be a funner okay. place to be at.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Now, when you talk about more questions and answers, what I wonder about is the tool, like you say, the tools and stuff that they use to. Pull these rocks around, you know those big stones around. I mean, why is there no evidence, or why hasn't the evidence been found of these these machines? Because there has to be. I mean, they are huge.
1: So Flinders Flinders Petrie, um, one of the great Egyptologists, uh, was finding core samples. And there's been Christopher Dunn, of course, who did Giza plant technology. And I've I've I'm so it's been so wonderful I got to meet him. But there has been uh, very distinctive machining marks on core drills that are, uh, I'm not saying the same machine, but identical spin speeds. And you can tell the, the spin speed based on how far the blade cuts and then cuts and pauses and then cuts. And it's been well established even by Flinders Petrie at the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. He's finding these core samples all over Egypt. They've been abandoned. And and here's the catch. Don't think dynastic Egyptians that, you know, don't think Charlton Heston and Moses and the Bible and, you know, like, we're talking, there's a good possibility that a portion of Egypt was not part of the dynastic Egypt that we knew. Hmm. It may have been part of an older society that just the areas that they were excavating may not have been areas that were used by the Egyptians that we think of that were using Egypt in the last 6,000 years or 8,000 years. Uh, we're talking the more advanced ones uh, that came that weren't Egyptians at all, but they they built the technologies and then later it gets adapted by. It. And there's a lot of indications of that. But these core samples are fascinating because they're found in Peru, they're found in South America, they're found in Egypt, and they show uh, that. So for instance, one of the Petri core samples, there was a really terrible BBC documentary. They tried to debunk it and they were very, they used a lot of straw man arguments. I mean, it was, it was embarrassing um, and you can look into it, but uh, Christopher Dunn also uh, goes into detail in his book about this, but this one particular core sample that they studied showed that, I mean, we're talking like, I mean, from a distance, you know, from what I'm looking at on camera, it's looking like three, four inches in diameter, but it's spun the core, whatever, whatever bit that they used. And mind you, here's the other thing. They're not doing, uh, they're not just drilling cores and rocks for like a few inches. Sometimes these core drill outs are 10 feet long. So they're, sticking something through stone blocks and rock, and they're creating piping or or wireways uh, through really long distances. And these core samples are different lengths and widths. The particular one that I'm discussing had a spin speed based on the marks on the outside of the core drill of over 15,000 times faster than anything we have today that could, run a core and they're found all over They're they're in Peru uh Brian Forster throws a lot of it up it's pretty fascinating you know you can look right down into the you know you can see the what was drilled out and you can see mm-hmm. the core itself and you can see into the you know into the tunnels that they make but they're all over and it's not just core samples there's cutting in ancient quarries that are the, the, again, it's the width of the cut into the stone. We don't have anything that can cut stone that small based on revolution and based on what they're cutting. Again, it it shows there's edging on at, at the Cairo Museum. Uh, there's a lot of video of stuff like this. Again, Brian Forrester can be credited for a lot of it for the raw footage. Uh, uh, ben from Uncharted X, he's another great uh, field uh, documentarian that... You see actual close-ups of where these saws stop spinning and Yusuf awan uh, that's definitely one for everyone. I've gotten to interview Mohammed Ibrahim. Uh Yusuf and uh, Mohammed used to work together. I, I don't know what the history is, but they both uh work with the Kemet Institute, they both not only do tours but uh are doing research and are in Egypt. They are Egyptian and they are multi-generational and they they know ancient Egyptian and they're they're both fascinating people, but You can see the revolutions on some of these lids, sarcophagi, or what we're now finally calling large boxes, and they're all showing signs of, okay, not every box, for those listening closely, many of the more ancient boxes are very precision made, and they show signs of these uh, cuts, and it's really fascinating.
0: The other thing I was thinking while you were saying that, when you talk about these holes and stuff, those uh, water catchers, the water reservoirs that, that they've been finding, and they yep. go deep down. They're going deep down in, in, into the rock side the side of the mountain.
1: Yeah, like why why? How are they doing that? Um, I I it's been really wonderful over the last few years. I got to talk to Eric von Danigan personally, and you know we're we were talking about how the Nazca lines. Mm-hmm. that that and and I will say this about ancient aliens the very first season, one of the first episodes and and for all you out there listening, this is worth going back and looking for. There was a farmer who has found like hundreds or thousands of plumbing pipes, but they're ancient and they're in the ground. And it's like, hey, anyone there's there's plumbing in the ground who, who put plumbing in when we were just an agricultural society followed priorly by Olmec's Toltecs and, and a bunch of, you know, like nobody. Right. And mm-hmm. so at Nazca in Peru, there are also plumbing pipes and drains. Now Nazca's is literally drier than the Antarctic and the North Pole. Mm-hmm. Nazca is so dry. Uh, the origin for It's Not Aliens, uh, originally I was going to use the Paracas mummies because they were backed up to the younger driest. There was elongated skull, naturally born, weird cranial deformed, not not by tribes, but it seemed like there were these... Um, mysterious people being mummified by the dry environments and lasting into the 12,000s. Uh, like they're, they're like nine and a half to, they're, they're showing mummies that are really backing up against what may have been the younger driest. And so you don't get a lot of rain, which means that if you wanna create earth circuits, so the big, forget the monkeys and the spirals and the circles and the spiders and whatever they've stuck on Nazca. But the f- lowest layer of Nazca are these really long lines. Some don't deviate, they don't deviate an inch and they go on for 25 kilometers, 18 kilometers, 11 kilometers, six kilometers. These are, there's no reason that they would exist if they weren't part of an earth circuit, an earth grid system, that they were maybe some sort of like built in biotechnological antenna. I mean, there's a lot of research that should be done about that. But here I am with Eric Von Dan again, and he's like, look, there are drains who and the drains from what we can tell they're piping that run all the way up into the Andes for more water who put in a plumbing system into the mountains to the Nazca lines. And also in case it rains, there's a drainage system who did that. And it's never talked about ever. And 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 some of it you could say, well, you know, it's not that it's not that complicated, you know. It looks like it's terrac- it looks like it's uh terracotta, you know, the 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 episode I'm telling you about in the first season of uh not a- uh ancient aliens are, uh-huh. it appears to be, you know, pretty nice, pretty nice plumbing, but maybe they use terracotta for a reason. I mean, maybe um I don't know. Was it the Harrapin from India? You know, that they were dynastically side by side for everyone that doesn't know the last 6,000 years. The Egyptians were paralleling a society that, again, because we're in the West, we never talk about the East, but there was a much, much larger, organized, plumbed, uh, north by north, south by south, street building, metropolis building society called the Harrapin. And they were much, much more successful sooner and there prior to the Egyptians. And, and that's just dynastic cultures, but I digress. Sorry. I'm on a roll.
0: No, that's okay. That's okay. I'm just wondering as as you talk about this, what Eric thought of all this because I mean, his beliefs versus your beliefs. Is there a happy medium there?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I, I think that as far as pointing out the anomalies and mm-hmm. uh, it's frustrating because there's so many different, like what to study first, like, how do you pick it? Cause mm-hmm. I think, I think you and I, we're all concerned about our personal health. It's like, it's right. not about like, you know, some people will mock you and say, or they'll, they'll begrudge the idea of like, well, why are you eating healthier? Or, or why are you um, so concerned? You know, you're going to live what, two years old longer than me and I'm, you're going to miss out on cupcakes and i'm like well my short answer back is well i would like for me to not have my butt wiped in a nursing home for 15 years until i die and be a vegetable and then they're like oh i didn't think of that you know uh but then there's another side to it which is what if what it feels like to be present to be alive it's not just an esoteric ayahuasca dmt trip what if it's not banging on that blinky board what if uh, the Wim Hof superhuman, the breathing techniques, the cold therapies, the the right food with the right nutrients grown in the right kind of advanced engineered soil, or the harmonics, the energies, what if the intensity and the, uh, the, the just the sensation of living isn't in the extremes of being a um, adrenaline junkie or a drug addict? What if everything about a uh, really, truly consciously living life is mixed in with these biotech, ancient lost biotechnologies. And between what we learn and self-experimentation, what if I could tell you each of us could live not a 10 to 15% conscious life, but a 20 or 30 or 40% conscious life. And what would that do to your emotional and physical experience of everything from, I'll just say it, everything from sex, to uh, how you experience going on a roller coaster, uh, to what you read and what you what entertains you, and and what what you what you can conceptualize in your future, in your own dreams and motivations, I think that that would be a much it would behoove us now if ultimately cellular regeneration, if these large boxes and the uh, you know and these indications in the serapium and the uh, and the you know the, around the world, there's these large hyperbolic uh boxes that seem to be I mean they just don't seem like they're for storage or for burials. I mean there may have been a society that was retuning their own genes and their um cells and uh maybe death wasn't what it looked like or or that that whole we have a lot we have a lot of holes we could go down here, right? <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't get people thinking, you know, so don't feel bad about your diet. It's not about a diet. It's about oh, it's about conscious living and enjoying every moment of your you know your, your your life, your friends, your partner, your kids. There's there's so much more that we might be able to bring to each other. And then through a collective human consciousness that isn't only in a dream state or in in the realm of the paranormal. I mean, what could we do with a a collective conscious humanity?
0: Absolutely. Wow. See, every time you're on, my mind goes, you know, (laughs) I'll be thinking about this for days now. Now, Everyone
1: listen twice.
0: As you talk about digging down now, and that's true. Every society always builds on top of the previous society. It doesn't matter. These old towns are all built on top of everything else. I mean, how exciting can it be to dig down and find something beneath something that's already there?
1: Uh yeah, and I think that that's I think it's super exciting. It it is, but then there's the people or there's the cultures. Uh the problem is you'll you know it does you don't know, you have to dig deep. Um the Bay of Amphora jars. I talk about this and it's not aliens, and mm-hmm. it's a whole bay of amphora jars from Rome, and the Portuguese Navy of Brazil, uh not only are there no digging permits, they in quotes for safety or for secure or for I don't know they, that well they 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 put more sand and buried it further, but it's pretty clear that there was not a blown off Roman ship, but there was clear travel and trade between the Roman Empire and the Brazilian area, uh, and that is not how the narrative goes. The narrative is the Portuguese found Brazil, mm-hmm. so that's a more and I'm I'm listening to that with two and a half thousand years as a contemporary example. Now, what happens when you have indigenous cultures that believe, oh, well, they were the first people there. Well, as you dig, and as we look at the Hindu Vedas and the, the oldest, uh, current histories we have show that we've been here for millions of years, maybe. And, and there's a paleo anthropological record that says that too. And it's noted in, um, Michael Cremo's forbidden archaeology. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really well documented. Uh, these are actual paleoanthropological finds that show, you know, anatomically correct humans, very much predating what we know of our history or the timelines we've been given. So now, what? What happens when you have an indigenous culture where literally everything they look at, and again, let's respect every human being, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: not everything is uh, not everything is sacred. So the issue is what do we do? If it's not sacred, then uh, it's just old and it's part of a society that, you know, no longer exists. But then what happens with the millions of human beings that lived under that layer? Like in Texas, the Galt archaeological site, uh, there's this group that we call the Clovis, which are supposed to be related to the people who came across the land bridge. And everyone in America and all of South America came from a land bridge, which is a joke. And uh, no one believes that anymore. It's just silly. And at the same time, the Galt archaeological site, which is one of the most famous sites outside of America, and I was doing research there uh, over the over the summer, and it's part of a greater uh, survivor culture documentary that I've been uh, working on. And the problem with the Galt archaeological site is that you have this uh, layer of current, you know, settlers, how the West was won that all that romantic period. And then you have this indigenous layer of what we think of as native Indians uh, that we know of. Then we have this Clovis layer, uh, which is supposed to back up to when there was a Bering Strait land bridge. Now here's the problem at Galt. It literally has an abandonment layer that goes down many feet. And what a lot of people don't know is that Galt has a stone floor from a society that dates to now at least 22,000 years ago. Wow. Now, I'm just pointing this out food, more food for thought is I think it's very important that we respect every lineage of human being. But I'm sorry, not everything is sacred, not everything is yours. And there are many sacred or special things that are under your special and sacred things. So For the sake of until we know who we are, how to cure a lot more diseases and conflicts of the human uh, groups we have on this planet, I think it behooves us and it benefits us all to dig, question, and find every layer of every human being that we can to patch this story in. So there's my uh, sidebar on um, being respectful to any layer of society, but that we also should have an inner inherent desire drive to truly discover um, what are we doing on this giant ball?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how are you, how are you making plans uh, essentially to go out to Belize and are you, are you drawing up some kind of map of the area to make sure that you, you cover everything you want to cover? How's how that working?
1: Yes, uh, lots of hours already on topographical maps, glacial maps, uh, uh, recent histories, uh, research papers, um, meetings with um, the landowners. Uh, there's another one next week, and so then there's so, that, so there's a lot of prep that's going into. How we get down there how we safely conduct everything where are the hospitals what about doctors you know is anyone coming that could do you know triage uh, not that we're expecting any issues you know who are the bush who are the bushwhackers you know we have bushwhackers that are going to be uh clearing paths and how much of that is getting done before we get down there and where are we staying and are we camping and um How are we doing the star? Are we doing Starlink? Are we doing a local communication? What Mm -hmm. equipment are we bringing? What's rechargeable? What's solar? Who's cooking our meals? Who's going to be there for water and on site? Like, how do we drive the conditions of the site for the most optimal initial visit? And then who's droning? Who's filming? Who's uh, uh, lidaring? How How are we... Uh, doing this efficiently and still meeting for dinner and maybe having a cigar and some scotch.
0: How heavier. long are you going to be there?
1: Uh, so the initial visits looking to be two weeks and
0: to two weeks.
1: Well, you could do a Yeah. Right. So there's, and then if the group comes and I'm, I was waiting to have this conversation again with them, but the group that is going to do the offshore maritime research, right? Um, we could have divers, you know, in the water, Maybe seeing ruins that are either unrelated or a bit like Bimini or, um, you know, maybe, maybe just dynastic, you know, maybe there's just a pyramid that no one noticed. And, mm-hmm. you know, so we, we, we want to fill in some of the gaps of this culture that we know of as the Mayans. You know, we want to know more about them. We also want to know, you know, what did they find? Where, where were they that they built literally a massive continent? They built a continental empire, And I'm not saying it didn't expand into the ocean and into other islands and a global one, but it's pretty clear that when the Guatemalan LIDAR scans came out, and for those that haven't seen it, there's a 5,000, it's a rectangle, but it's 5,000 square miles that they've decided to LIDAR for ancient ruins. Well, it's very funny that it mums the word in the last couple of years because what they found already just from doing 800 square miles of that uh, made international news they found 60,000 buildings including hundreds of pyramids not tiny ones they found hundreds of pyramids that no one knew about tens of thousands of buildings super highways um and that was something known to even the earliest explorers that were here at the end of the 1400s into the 1500s they um conquistadors got lost at one point the this initial group and they came literally upon a road, and they said, "This road rivals anything we've ever seen in uh, Rome, of the great Roman roads." And they said it was bigger, wider, and it was so straight it just went off. And 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 they looked left, they looked right. Imagine that you're in, you're lost in the jungle, you end up on a f- interstate freeway that's so wide they said it was incredibly wide uh, i mean it was enough for like eight lanes for whatever they considered eight lanes and they looked left they looked well they looked front they looked back and they couldn't see the end or a turn in the road and wow. that was that was just one and that was you know that was in our time frame so if you can find 60,000 ruins in 800 square miles and in 2017 there was an archaeologist that i quote that said, you know, Western academics have considered South and Central America a place where cultures go to die. We need to start considering that it may have been the birthplace of cultures and societies. And that tends, we could easily estimate 15 to 20 million people. Now, that's just off the Guatemalan LIDAR scans, right? Mm -hmm. So when you look at what's really the whole area, was it, at one point, was it hundreds of millions of people? Uh, Was that just... Dynastically was that, you know? Did the group that ultimately becomes the Mayans, uh, did they just like franchise? Did they just keep building what they knew uh, that their techniques for quarrying? There's a quarry that's actually near the near the place that we're working. But did they just, you know, template one pyramid and one cityscape after another, and then it, did it just expand into this? Multicontinental environment and and we have indicators um like in way at laco mexico just for another side note for people for antiquity uh in the 60s they found a site at way at laco that was human it was a human site and uh virginia steen mcintyre loses her entire career out of this because her and the other geologists geologists you know like laser guided precision fact-based not opinion-making, romanticizing anthropologists, but actual geologists looked at the site and said, this site is at least 245,000 years old. It could be older. And now recent estimates put it between 350 and 550,000 years old. So I just want that story, that little side note, to be in your mind's eye, along with the Galt Archaeological Site with a floor in it 22 feet deep below thousands of years of, of abandonment of the Clovis, which, mind you, Galt is the largest Clovis site in North America. It also has a, it's one of 19 mastodon kill sites where humans, for sure, killed a young female mastodon and the skull was there, tools were there. That was a first. I mean, there's, Galt is a very large site, and that's just one site. But way at Laco, now being maybe 350, 330 to 500 plus thousand years old, Mm -hmm. Who was here? Who built those giant megalithic constructions? Were these the same people? Were these pre-people? Were they also survivors? Were they primitive humans that were left on their own, like we have tribes today? Mm -hmm. And this Mayan world expands quickly because I think they kept finding ruins from a more advanced society. I think the terror prey to the ancient engineered soil and and the only way we're going to know this is we want to acknowledge dynastic people we want to try to tell their story but we really want to look at how did they land in each of these places how did they how did they pick up the pieces of this abandoned lost world of the gods you know that you know when the conquistadors asked the aztecs who built this place and they're like the gods built it the the gods were long gone you know they the gods built it and they're gone so um we we wanna we want to tell those stories but we need to get to who the gods were we need to we need to demask uh that and start you know again personal experimentation let's uh let's do the things we got to do to each do the gene expression and the meditation and the work personally to become and be uh, connected again to what is likely a a global uh, you know, connected human network. I think that could be exciting, if not for all the nightmares people can imagine.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Jared, it's always fun to have you on. And this well, update is for tremendous. Having... This is fantastic.
1: Yeah, so when you are when you wrap up, I really appreciate you having me on, but you should, uh, you know, should I wait in the back room?
0: If or you, you want, got another yeah. guest? You can do that. You can wait. We can well, chat thanks, out. everybody. You guys can all be jealous because we're gonna chat off screen. Yeah, 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 nah. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, it was it was really wonderful. Um okay. well, I'll just wait for you. So thanks okay. everyone.
0: Okay, sounds good. Thank you, Jared. Right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it it's always fun to have oh, wrong button. Look at that. Okay, I got yeah, I got it. It's always it's how it's been. Everything I touch on the computer dies, 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 dies. Anyway, it's always fun to have him on. And, uh, yeah, always an education. Always, 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 always. Anyway, tomorrow I will see you guys at 6.30 p.m. Pacific back on our usual time. And uh, i going to do kind of a different kind of show tomorrow. I'm not going to tell you what. So you guys have to tune in to find out. Okay? Anyway, I want to thank you all for coming. And if you like what you heard, please share it with five people. If you hated what you heard, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here. So, um, you know, just the usual spiel. And also, uh, if you're watching from Facebook and you like what you saw, please click that like button. And uh, if you haven't done so already, follow me on the, Cal- on the California Haunts, uh, what is it? The California Haunts Ghostly Events page. Days, <laughs> And my own personal page as well. And follow me over at YouTube if you haven't done that yet. Uh, Subscribe over over to the YouTube page if you're watching from YouTube. All right. I'll see you guys tomorrow. And uh, have a good evening. And uh, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Let me get this thing queued up. Here we go. Boom.